This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Here's to the great American settlers, the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler, I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Hi, everyone. This is an episode of Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. This is a podcast brought to you by The Dip. That's D-I-P-P. We have lots to cover today. We got um, a little bit of Bachelor drama. The Britney saga continues. And of course, I break down what the fuck happened in my favorite segment, Pop Rewind. Oh, and something very exciting I wanted to share with everyone is I wanted to make an Instagram account for this podcast specifically. That way you could kind of follow along visually with what I'm talking about every week. I just feel like that would kind of make it like a better experience overall. Like for example, last week, I know I talked about Nicole Kidman and how there are these like amazing paparazzi photos of her leaving the courthouse after she divorced Tom Cruise and she's like dancing and cheering. And I just feel like if you were able to see that, it would just be a better experience. And I feel like we'd be able to connect more and like talk about it more. And I'm a visual person. So I know that that would help me. So I just want you to go over to Instagram, type in HOTM podcast, and I'll be right there. You'll see my Instagram stories. I'll probably do quizzes and polls and just, you know, all that good stuff when it comes to pop culture, um, a lot of nostalgia. So, uh, let's get into the podcast. First, breaking news. As I was starting to record this, I got two news updates that are kind of major. The first one I'll start with is Allison Mack, the Smallville star, also famously, more famously known as one of Nexium's occult's right-hand woman to Keith Renier. Is his name Renee or Renier? I think he likes it more French, but I'll just call him Renier because he's annoying and doesn't deserve anything that he that he wants. Um, so like I was saying, Allison Mack is sent- sentenced to three years in prison for her role in the Nexium sex trafficking case. Um, in my opinion, that feels a little light. 
She was also ordered to pay $20,000. She pled guilty to racketeering, conspiracy, and acts of state law, extortion, and forced labor. Over the weekend, she did again apologize to the court. She said, It is now of paramount importance for me to say from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry. I threw myself into the teaching of Keith Rainier with everything I had. I believed wholeheartedly that his mentorship was leading me to a more enlightened version of myself. And then she went on to say, this was the biggest mistake and regret of my life. No shit, Allison. Obviously, uh, you were going to prison. And I don't know if you watched the Nexium documentary. If you haven't, go over to HBO. It's on there. It is so fascinating. If you love like cults and crime and I mean, not really murder. There's no really murder involved. But it's just good. Like, it's just fascinating, um, the inner workings of this cult. And then, so as I was literally plugging in my microphone, I get the notification that Bill fucking Cosby is being let free. I truly, I'm speechless. According to Yahoo Entertainment, Bill Cosby's sexual assault conviction overturned by the courts. Um, Cosby has served over more than two years of a three to 10 year sentence at a state prison near Philadelphia. Um, He had vowed originally to serve the 10 years and he would have rather done that than acknowledge any remorse in what he is being accused of doing. So I just had to share it with you that this is literally, it's just crazy. As I have said many times, it's really rare that you find people who are Bachelor fans who are also Housewives fans. There's like very little intersection in this. But with that said, obviously I'm a huge Housewives fan. I can't sit and watch The Bachelor. I can't sit for four hours a week and like watch these men get roses and go on stupid dates and, you know, and hot tubs. Like, but I'm always very interested in like off-screen Bachelor drama. A couple days ago, Vulture put out an article detailing a PPP loan scandal, and I was all over it. Super Sleuths on Reddit put out their findings that some former Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants had filed to receive PPP loans, which if you're not sure what that means, it is a loan that was put in place to help businesses keep their workforce employed during the COVID-19 pandemic. It kind of looks like these former contestants thought that this was a good opportunity to keep their influencing jobs afloat, which it just is so fucking disgusting, to be honest with you. Like, the fact that these people are just fucking influencers and they probably make, I looked this up, like Lauren Bushnell, she's like one of the most famous Bachelor contestants. Like, she actually won the year of Ben Higgins' year. Um, and now she's married to like Chris Lane and they just had a baby who's like a country singer. They're actually really cute. But she makes like 50000 for a single Instagram post. What the fuck? Where did I go wrong in my life? I... I need to reevaluate because that's insane. So these people are making that kind of money and they're applying for loans that were meant to help like actual businesses, like help their employees, like make it through. So let me talk about who did this. First of all, Dale Moss, he is the winner of Claire Crawley's season. He is one of the thirstiest fucking people that I have ever seen come out of one of these shows. Like apparently he's still waiting for his loan of $20,000. He filed for one for his LLC based in South Dakota. Then Ari and Lauren, now I'm going to butcher this last name. It's like you Ludendick, Ludendick, I don't know, Junior. They received $20,000 for their loan 
And then coincidentally, just purchased a second home in Hawaii. You can take what you want from that. And then Taisha, she was the last bachelorette, applied and got her loan of $20,000. She has one employee, one, one assistant. Um, Her reps replied uh, and said, as a business owner, television and podcast host and brand ambassador, Taisha obtained a PPP loan that enabled her to hire an employee to whom she offers market-based pay and benefits. Since exhausting the PPP loan funds, but in light of the growing economy, Taisha has continued to retaining her employee for the foreseeable future. Fuck off. Go fuck yourself. You don't need $20,000. And I doubt that you barely have an assistant. I bet she like listed her mom. When you're like a bachelorette, you're already coming off the show and you're going to make fucking bank. The fact that like you're taking $20,000 away that could go to someone else possibly is just, I can't wrap my head around it. Okay, next up. And uh, another bachelor contestant who decided to do this was Colton Underwood. So he was a former bachelor. He famously picked Cassie. Uh, And he just came out of the closet and he is going to be starring in a new Netflix series with uh, Gus Kenworthy as his quote unquote, this is not my terminology, his gay guide. So there's that. He applied and received a loan of $11,000 for his charity, the Colton Underwood Legacy Foundation. This foundation is to help children with cystic fibrosis and was actually put into place in 2015, which that makes me feel like that's more believable. This man had an actual charity that he's had for years pre-Bachelor because, I mean, he was the Bachelor, what, like two years ago? Um, But yesterday, Colty Colt took to his Instagram saying, my nonprofit filed for a PPP because we canceled our charity events for this year. He went on to say, we help people living with cystic fibrosis. I don't make a dime from my nonprofit. Please stop lumping me in with the Bachelor. I don't fuck with them anymore, and they don't fuck with me, point blank. Okay, T. But also Colton, like, this is where I'm like, okay, you were quite literally like the bachelor. So we are going to lump you in because that's just the nature of the game. Like, I just want more gossip, though, on like why he doesn't fuck with them and why they don't fuck with him. Like, I need I need more information. But I also am curious to see like what Rachel Lindsay says. I know that she's always coming out and speaking on the bachelor franchise. Um, Then... Nick Vial, who was a bachelor, he went on to say, what's legal isn't always right. What's illegal isn't always wrong. Don't know everyone's situation, but my gut tells me any alum applying for a PPP is both savvy and shitty. And that's exactly how I feel. I get that they're they're not doing anything technically illegal, right? Maybe. But it's just a shitty thing to do. And it just like doesn't make you look good. And it's just not, it's just not a vibe. I'm not into that, but I'm happy Nick like came out and said something. I'm also happy Colton came out and said something. So we're going to take a hard left. A while back, it was announced that there is going to be a Sopranos prequel called The Main Saints. I apparently have been living under a fucking rock because I had no idea that this was even happening. So when I saw that uh, it was like all over Twitter, the trailer that just came out uh, that Michael Gandolfini who is the son of James Gandolfini, who passed away um, after playing one of the most infamous TV characters of all time. I just found out that Michael is going to be playing the same character as his dad, but just like as a younger version. And I don't know, like that just kind of got me all warm and fuzzy. Like I'm so ready to get my bolognese and my cabernet and watch the fuck out of it. I will be watching every single moment. Upcoming in the Brit Brit saga. 
Christina Aguilera spoke out in favor of our girl. And guys, I shed a little bit of a tear. She said, these past few days, I've been thinking about Brittany and everything she's going through. It is unacceptable that any woman or human wanting to be in control of their own destiny might not be allowed to live as they wish. And she posted it and paired it with a photo of the two of them from when they were like 10 years old. It warmed my heart because I love seeing like other celebrities, like powerful women and just, you know, I mean, male celebrities too. I know Justin Timberlake said something, but we don't care what he has to say about anything ever. Okay. And then... Jamie Lynn, her sister, finally broke her silence and put out a very strange defensive video claiming that she has spoken privately with her sister about these issues and that she has been hashtag free Britney since before it was even a hashtag. She also kept like equating the situation, want Britney wanting to get out of this conservatorship to like want her Britney wanting to go to Mars. And she kind of kept saying things like that. And it was so weird because it's like, those are not the same Jamie Lynn. Like your sister has been supporting your ass for the beginning of time, basically. And Jamie Lynn went on to say like, I've been working since I was nine years old and paying my own bills since I was 10. And it's like, okay, but then you got pregnant at 16 and you stopped working. That's just the, that's facts. It's no shade, but I mean, come on. It was not well received by fans. People were all over Twitter. And then I've seen a couple accounts on Instagram trying to post the video of Jamie and their thoughts. And it keeps getting taken down. Like it keeps getting flagged and taken down. And that just feels very like sus. It just feels very strange. And then also Britney's first ex-husband, Jason Alexander, spoke out in defense of Britney and called Jamie Lynn a brat. And he said, you know, when Britney is ready to tell all, like it will be worse than anyone has ever imagined what she has gone through because he says that her father was very controlling and very, she was much on a tight leash back when they were together. So, I mean, I can only imagine how it is in the last 13 years. So it all just feels very messy. I just want the best for Brittany. And she's in Maui right now with her boo and she called out the paparazzi. Please stop taking photos of me. I think she looks great. So I feel like, you know, she just needs to enjoy herself and just know that she has so many fans that are so supportive. I've talked on this podcast before about my love for like celebrity hookup culture. And I'm not talking about like YouTubers and TikTokers, like those people, like I don't care that you're at Saddle Ranch. Yes, I love the YouTuber like drama, like when Drama Geddon was going down, I was very invested. But I love talking about like real celebs, like Hollywood stars, okay? And this week in Hollywood hookups, we have a new one. It's a random one and it involves Miss Renee Zellweger. She is now dating. <laughs> I don't know why I find this so funny. She is now dating HTV host Aunt Anstead, who quite literally just got divorced from Christina Hack. She is an, also an HTV host, and she was the co-host of Flip or Flop with her ex-husband Tarek El Moussa, who is now engaged to Selling Sunset's Heather Ray Young. And Heather looks exactly like Christina. I need. I will be posting a side by side on my Instagram because it's kind of spooky. TMZ reported that Renee and Ant, I don't like that his name is Ant. I don't know why. It's just like, is it Aunt? Is it Ant? I don't know. They met in June on the set of Discovery Plus. Um, they were filming a show called Celebrity IOU Joyride. I'm going to just let you all sit with that for a second. Celebrity IOU Joyride. What does that even mean? I can't even begin to like process that. Celebrity IOU. 
I don't know. I probably watched the fuck out of it as well, but whatever. Congrats to Mrs. Renee Zellweger. I wish her nothing but the best. If you have not watched the movie Judy, it came out like a year and a half ago. It's still one of the best performances ever. She played Judy perfectly. So I want to connect more with all of you. And I mean, I already feel like we have this really amazing community and I feel like we're already besties, but I want to share some of your favorite experiences or pop culture moments or anything. Like I'll be putting it up on my Instagram. I'll be asking a question every week just to hear your thoughts, your opinions. And I want to share them on this podcast because I feel like that's, I just want to connect more. So this week I asked all of you, what was your first pop culture memory? (laughs) And here are some of your responses. And of course, I keep plugging it, but I just want to make this clear that the visual aids will be up on my Instagram at HOTM podcast. So let's start with the first one. This was probably the most popular response I had, but it was obviously the bread and jam split that took place in 2005. That's pretty standard. I feel like, yeah, you know, I get how it's the most popular one because it literally was fucking breaking news. It was like, I remember it to this day. It was crazy. The next one, I had a, I had a lot of people actually say this. And for some reason, I didn't even think about it. Because, I mean, I guess it wasn't my first memory. But it was Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. Which is truly when the birth of my disdain for Justin Timberlake had began. I discovered he was a little curly-haired snake in the grass at the Super Bowl. When he ripped off Janet's bra, basically. And her titty popped out. I remember I was watching it with my dad and I remember being like, that's a titty. I was completely shook. Janet was like, you know, obviously she's a fucking performer and she just continued to do her thing. Justin's awful and he just continues to profit off of like women that he's wronged and I just cannot stand him. That is why during the Free Britney movement, like documentary that came out back in like February, he like had to apologize to the women that he had hurt, but too little too late, Justin. Okay, the next one was... Lil Kim's dress that she wore to the VMAs in 1999. It was this iconic purple lacy sparkly jumpsuit that had that had just like one sleeve and it had one boob exposed with the nipple covered with a little matching pasty. It was honestly it was iconic. It was so legendary because <laughs> so Lil Kim went up on stage to collect her award for best hip hop video, which shout out to her. And Diana Ross was the one giving her the the award. And I remember like her being shocked. You can like go look it up. It's really, it's a moment. Diana Ross jiggled her boob when she came on stage. Now, listen, if Diana Ross jiggled my boob, I wouldn't care. I would be like, you are Diana fucking Ross. You can jiggle whatever you want of mine. Like, and I will say thank you. Also, fun fact, um, Diana Ross's daughter, Tracy Ellis Ross, has the same birthday as me and Gabrielle Union and Winona Ryder. Uh, Just saying. So Kim opened up about this in a 2002 interview. She said, a lot of people ask, how did you feel? But honestly, I think she was just giving me a little motherly tap. (laughs) Like, girl, did you know you have a boob hanging out? She was really nice. I love that quote because it's I it's true like it's Diana Ross it's not like it's Justin Timberlake or like some little skeevy perv it's like it's it's Diana Ross and she was probably a little taken aback that there was a fucking boob out on the stage 
This is a very specific one that I have to talk about. Only one girl is going to be able to relate to this and it's the girl who wrote it in. Or maybe if like people in her Girl Scout troop at the time, you know, listen to this podcast. But she said her Girl Scout troop went to Neverland Ranch and it was the most magical day and Michael Jackson was not there. Listen, that sounds amazing, but also how many fucking cookies did your troop sell to get you to go to this ranch? Like, was it, I was in the Girl Scouts. I was actually kicked out of Girl Scouts. Fun fact about me. Um, We'll get into that story at a different time. Listen, it was probably the most magical day. I'm really glad Michael was not there, but I just need backstory. Like, so if this is you, please reach out to me because I just want to talk to you about this. This is crazy. I want pictures. The next one that was probably a really, it was, I got a lot of these actually, was the Titanic. Obviously the movie, like no one here experienced the real Titanic, but I remember this so specifically. Like I had the VHS and had the two tapes that fit together and like one had Jack on them and the other one had Rose on it. And I just remember watching it and just, that was my first time like really seeing a sex scene. And like, I remember the car with the steamy hand on the window and it was, it was a moment as a child. It was a fucking moment. My last one that I want to share is VH1's Behind the Music. Thank you for fucking bringing this up because it feels honestly like a fever dream. Like I feel like a lot of people watched it, but no one, I don't see anyone ever talking about it. I was obsessed with all of them. I watched them all. Millie Vanilli was the first episode ever. It aired in 1997. And I mean, after you watch that, like you just become hooked because like, how could you not be? I didn't know who Slash was when I was 11, but I was watching it. It was like that and E. Drew Hollywood stories. I would watch every single one. I remember there was one, it was like Reese Witherspoon, America's Sweetheart. It was like all about how she was in like Man in the Moon and then she was in Election and then Legally Blonde and she was married to Ryan Phillippe and they had babies and yeah. And then she like won her Oscar for, um, walk the line and she wore that like beautiful she was like a brunette it was like stunning yeah I just wow that took me that took me back (music) lastly it's my favorite time of day it's pop rewind this is when I go back in time and go deep into what happened on this day in pop culture and this week we are going back to July 2005 the W Magazine spread that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie did called Domestic Bliss. Now, if you're anything like me, you already know what this symbolizes, but if you don't, that is what I'm here for. So come along and we'll take this journey together. Back in 2004, Brad and Jennifer Aniston were still married. Rest in peace. Well, he went and filmed Mr. and Mrs. Smith starring opposite Angelina Jolie. Then, in January 2005, Brad and Jen announced their separation, and she filed in March of 2005 under irreconcilable differences, which every fucking celebrity does. And, like, I want more options than that. I it's It can't be that. And what are the other ones people use? I don't know. I just hear irreconcilable differences, like, constantly. So then one month goes by. So in April of 2005, or when the pictures of Brad and Angelina in Kenya surface, Brad is in, like, this very interesting khaki newsy type of cap it's a look anyways everyone had their suspicions that this was kind of going on like on set of the movie that they were making obviously like that there was rumors swirling that there was cheating going on but no one could believe it because brad and jen seemed like such a solid you know american sweetheart type of couple then 
In July of 2005, the magazine, W Magazine, put out this spread and it kind of just confirmed like everything everyone had already been thinking is that they're together. It's got this really retro vibe, very Lana Del Rey national anthem video feel. It was the photo shoot. I remember looking at this in the supermarket. I was in Bushes. I'm in no relation to the Bush family dynasty, which I was, but I'm not. I just can't imagine being Jennifer at that time. Like you just filed for divorce and then you have to see your husband, like your ex-husband in a photo shoot with like his new boo and they're playing house in this photo shoot. There was like tons of kids. It's a great photo shoot, I will say. Angie looks fucking hot. And I wanna make this clear. I'm kind of team everyone in this situation. Like I'm team Jen, I'm team Brad. I'm kind of an Angie girl. In 2011, Brad did an interview with Parade where he said, I spent the 90s trying to hide out, trying to duck the full celebrity. I'm not smart, so I don't know how to say that word. Cacophony. I started to get sick of myself, sitting on a couch, holding a joint, hiding out. It started to feel pathetic. It became very clear to me that I was intent on trying to find a movie about an interesting life, but I wasn't living an interesting life. I think that my marriage, in parentheses to actress Jennifer Aniston, had something to do with it. Trying to pretend the marriage was something that it wasn't. Damn. That is pretty fucking bold to put out there in an interview, in my opinion, when you're Brad fucking Pitt and you're coming out and saying that about Jennifer Aniston, one of the most beloved women in the fucking world. And you're like, yeah, I was boring. I kind of understand what he's saying. So then when he meets Angelina, who's like the polar opposite of that, like this woman had fucking blood around her neck in a vial and made out with her brother and jumped in a pool, has tattoos. Like she just is sexy. Now I'm not saying Jennifer Aniston is not sexy. I'm not saying that you have to be sexy in order to keep a man or whatever. That's not at all what I'm saying. Please do not come at me. I think he was just looking for something and he wasn't happy and he did what he did. It's not great, but uh, Angie and Brad officially married in 2014 after famously saying that he won't get married until everyone can get married. Well, gay marriage passed in 2015, so he didn't really hold up his end of the bargain there. But Angie then filed for divorce in 2016, and it has kind of been messy ever since. I don't really like that I'm seeing this narrative played out a lot of people who were team Jen are now kind of like licking their paws because look at this divorce hasn't been easy. Look what Angie's putting him through, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't think Angelina is like this black widower, like or widow. I I just think it didn't work out because there's claims that Brad was allegedly an alcoholic. He drank a lot. He fought with her oldest son um, on the plane who actually did. He testified against Brad and like said, I do not want you in my life. So since this whole divorce thing has been going on, he at first he kind of like laid low. And then recently, probably within the last like year, year and a half, He's been coming back. He goes to more award shows, which is amazing because then he's had more run-ins with Jennifer. I mean, when they were seen backstage after she won her award for the show, The Morning Show, they like congratulated each other. Like they were both like really happy to see each other. I also think she was like on a winner's high, you know, like she just won a fucking award. That's amazing. But then their hands lingered. They hugged and held hands. And then it kind of, as she was walking away, like his hand lingered. And oh my God, you guys, that just, that gave me a chill. I watched that video a thousand times that day. And then my favorite moment happened. 
in 2020. This is probably my favorite moment of 2020, actually. Yeah. Is when they were doing table read for Fast Times at Regiment High. And they were on it with like Julia Roberts, Morgan Freeman, uh, Sean Penn. There's this moment like when they're all saying hi to each other. I will, again, I'm going to post on my Instagram. Any chance I allows me to talk about this moment, I will take it. Jennifer and Brad like say hi to each other. Hi, everyone. Hi, Aniston. Hi, Pitt. How you doing? Good, honey. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. The power in that honey, how are you doing? I can't. And then there's this other part of the, the table read where they're reading this part about Jennifer's. I mean, it's not Jennifer's breasts, but it's very tense because she's playing that character that talks about her supple breasts. You know how cute I always thought you were? I think you're so sexy. Will you come to me? When you're watching it, please look at Matthew McConaughey and Julia Roberts. They are all of us. They are smiling from ear to ear. Just, oh my God, Brad and Jenner is what they're talking about. Because I think Brad and Jenner are very beloved in like Hollywood by their peers. So I think everyone kind of roots for them. I know that he cheated on her, but it's just this like little glimmer of will they, won't they? Like, is there this tension? I do think that they're still friends. She was just in an interview saying that there's like no oddness between them, which... I feel like if you're using the word oddness, there must be like some, but I do think that they run in very similar circles. I would love to see them grab a lunch together. I mean, it just gave me a rush. It just, it still gives me a rush thinking about it. I'm like smiling thinking about it. I'm all giddy. Who am I? I don't even know these people like that, but I just loved it. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Having an amazing long weekend for the 4th of July. Drink some Loverboys. I will promote Loverboy because, and I, this is not an ad, you guys. I love that fucking drink. It is so good. It does not give you a hangover. It's very high in alcohol percentage. Um, so please drink some Loverboys this weekend. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. And if you listen to this podcast, make sure you check out the other Dip podcast. There's TV Watch Repeat. There's Pop Chaser, the Slut Pig podcast, and a Drag Race dedicated podcast called Exposed Dragged Out. They're amazing. They're funny. They're smart. And I love them so much. So please go check that out. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. We could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99.